Hello, and welcome to the Madeira Method Podcast. I'm your host, Mrs. Valerie Shelton, the historical literacy teacher here at Madeira South High School. Today, I am joined by one of my students, Brianna Ramirez. Um, She has been doing some extensive research on a man by the name of Thomas O'Larkin. He was a consul for the United States, um, leading up to and then during the time of the Mexican-American War, from around 1846 to about 1850, I think he was still the council as they were transitioning into a new government. So I'm gonna ask Brianna some questions just about Larkin and who is this guy? Cause I'm sure a lot of you listeners have never heard of him before. So let's just get right into it. Um, Brianna, who is Thomas Larkin and why did he come to California? Um, Thomas O'Larkin, he obviously, as you said, was a official representative of the United States government. And the reason why he came to California was because of his, I think he was a half-brother of his, um, Captain Cooper, okay. if I remember correctly. Um, his brother sent him like a letter and explained all these wondrous things in California. and. So he decided to go move over there. It's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple. Yeah. So how, how did he come to California, though? Did he come over land, or how did he get here? Oh, he came over um, a ship, or sea. Okay. <laughs> he came in the ship and sea. Um, and actually, that's how he met his wife. Oh. <laughs> and that's a really interesting story. Why don't you share how he met his wife. So, according to him, I guess when everything that was written, right, it was like a, a love at first sight. <laughs> um, he wanted to marry her, I guess, on the spot, I guess, uh, as you can, you know, as many others are like, oh, that's my love. Um, and he couldn't because she was married already. Oh, but when they were on the ship, I don't remember correctly how many days it was. I don't even think they said it, but I do know that, um, how to say, uh, she received, I think, if I, it was a letter, and they told her that her husband was dead. And so he took this opportunity to tell her, hey, I'm going to California, you want to come with me? and just marry me and we'll have kids and all that. And so she said yes, and they were actually the first, I think, Americans to be you know, married on American soil. In California. In California, yeah. yes, in California. Um, and then they had a son, and that's all the research I have for that. <laughs> all right, and they had a son who happened to be the first uh, American born. born in California as well. Yeah, so. Very, very cool. So what's a little bit of Larkin's background? So even before he came to California, what what was his home life like, like growing up and what was his professional background and stuff? Well, um, he grew up in Charlestown, Ma- I can't remember, Massachusetts. <laughs> I can't oh, it's okay. Um, but he was there, I guess he had a really normal life. It, didn't, it doesn't really go into specific detail how it was, but it does go to detail that um, when he was 16, he lost both of his parents, which oh, is pretty man. sad. And then he moved 
it doesn't say what age I think he moved, but he moved to Boston and he took up a job making books, but like not writing them. Like he took like making the covers and putting the papers. Okay, like, like printing? Yeah, I guess like printing in a sort of way. It doesn't really go much into detail on that either. Um, but I do know at age 20, he like wanted to be a pioneer. And then so he went from New England and Boston and all that. So then went to North Carolina. And then that's when he got the letter for, from his brother to go to California. Okay, so just an adventurous young man. Mm-hmm. Um, age 20 he was orphaned so he didn't really have any family you know where he was born to keep him tethered to one place mm-hmm. um but from what i understand larkin he had a good amount of money was that from the printing business or did he inherit that kind of money do you know mm, I, I actually don't know about that one i do know that when he came to california he did make like this little uh, shop that would sell like flour soap potatoes and like otter skins or like something simple at first and then the more he was there obviously the more money he collected and the more money he would buy other supplies and that's how he got rich and he was actually the first millionaire I think millionaire in California yeah. so you think he's like a self-made millionaire yeah yeah I think, <laughs> I think he thought himself that too <laughs> yeah well that's that's really cool so so he comes here, mm-hmm. as he's saying, he's a merchant and he's getting all these things and the otter skins at the time were really expensive and valuable and a lot of people wanted to buy it. And I know you could also send stuff back east and you get lots and lots of money for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started making all this money as a businessman. So what got him into uh, working for the government, I guess, and being a, a consul in, in California? Well, I do know um, that he was a consul because he, like, lived in California, obviously, and so he had, I think it was 16 years he lived there, Mm -hmm. or, like, um, so he kind of, like, knew them in a way, and so I think the government, because I haven't done my research on that, I'll be honest, but um, in my opinion, I think uh, the government made him consul, right, to keep uh, peace between, you know, both countries and nations or whatever. Um, and since obviously he was there and he was pretty rich too, I felt, I think that, um, they made him that because he could keep peace and that was actually one thing he wanted too, because he wanted to keep peace between uh, the Californias. Mm-hmm. And uh, Americans, because he wanted to actually buy California off of Mexico, that obviously did not happen. <laughs> right. Like, in the future, you'll think. Yeah. It's so, pretty obvious we did not do that. We did not yeah. Keep peace. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So there's. <laughs> so he's made consul, and obviously he's, he's made friends that are Californians, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you're saying is he could straddle that line and be the peacemaker between both sides Mm -hmm. because he's friends with some of these Californians that he's been selling his products to and he probably hired some of them and and stuff like that and then obviously he's an American through and through Um, I think you've learned in your research that he did not he was one of the few Americans that came here that 
did not marry a California. He like he married a white woman and had the first you know American child and and all this stuff. And he kept his American ways, I guess. So he's an American, but then like he's pretty friendly with the Californians. So to to add to that about him being the few, he went like um, his brother obviously. He he married a um, a Mexican California woman. He married a woman, obviously. Um, <laughs> that's why he came too, because of that. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, wedding or you know, all that. Um, <laughs> and I think he was like very respecting the community as well, because he's like rich. He's like rich. He's like giving them stuff, uh, but not like free. But like, you know, mm-hmm. he's helping them. And actually, um, something I, you know, I forgot to mention was that when he became a consul, he actually started go started become, I guess, like a preacher for mm. weddings. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, he would say, oh, do, you know, the regular stuff, do you take animals? Okay, so, so he was a, um, officiant. Yeah, officiant, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he just did all kinds of stuff. He did. So, obviously we know that there's a war coming. Uh, Mexican-American War, that's what we've been studying all about. So what was Larkin's kind of obsession with trying to buy California from Mexico versus going to war? Um, I think his obsession for that was that obviously he didn't want bloodshed and war is costly. And I mean, he seems like um, doesn't want to really give that money out so much because there was this one little story that I did read where his one of his friends um, made him these gold canes even though he asked for one he made two and obviously gold is expensive even now so he sent him two and then he sent him with the receipt I guess too <laughs> and apparently according to the story you could hear the agony <laughs> from from California, I think all the way to New York. That's like, how they described it. Like, oh my gosh, you sent me this elaborate, like I asked you to make this cane, but now these are gold? Like, it's like, so he's thinking, yeah, he has the money, but he didn't want to, it was kind of like a, you think he was kind of a, I guess, tightwad, you would say? Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, he was like very like, how do you say it? He, was, he managed his money, really. Like, pretty strictly, basically, I'd say. Not a splurge type of dude. No. Not very flashy. I mean, if he did do that, he wouldn't be the first millionaire now. Right. But he did spend some money. Didn't he have, like, the first, like, Americanized, like, a huge mansion or something that he built? Oh, uh, yeah, he did. He did build it. He thought it was going to be, like, I don't remember correctly, the, you know, the... Um, the dimensions and stuff. Yeah, but it was it was pretty nice, <laughs> according to him. Um, uh, it was like three hundred thirty. Like he estimated it to be three hundred and thirty-six dollars, but it was like four hundred and ninety-one, which was obviously expensive and a lot of money back in the day. Mm-hmm. But now you're gonna be like, that is a house I want. <laughs> Yeah, this big old house for less than $500. Mm-hmm. Okay, but back then that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. 
so very, very interesting. So just kind of looking at some of his connections to some of the other people that students have been studying. So when he's first consul, he's in there. The war hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. There's some talk. There's some chatter because things are going on in Texas and, and, and all that. There's there's some, some talk. Um, and then this guy, okay, there's, there's this guy named Isaac Graham who we researched a little bit. Um, and he's... He's a businessman too, really. It's just he, his his type of business is different, <laughs> more on the, uh, I guess the bad side of town, if you want to put it that way. He uh, his business was in, uh, well, I mean it wasn't illegal, but liquor and and so he had his own um, distillery mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, you know, also a self-made guy, you know, just kind of doing that kind of thing, um, and so this. This thing got out where Isaac Graham, he was a he was an American that was here, single guy I think at the time, heavy drinker from what we understand. He was um, trying to supposedly, mm-hmm. allegedly, <laughs> overthrow the current California government at the time, which um, was um, the governor in charge was Alvarado. Al- Alvarado, yeah, yeah, Juan Batista Alvarado, at that time. And so, obviously, Alvarado's not happy about this. He kind of goes crazy. And he demands at this point that all foreigners, meaning Americans and anybody who's not California or Mexican, basically needs to be arrested. Larkin wasn't part of that arrest, um, but Alvarado ordered his... I believe his cousin or his nephew, there's, I can't remember whose nephew and whose uncle, but he's related to this guy named Mariano Vallejo, who's another guy that we've been researching a lot, and he orders him to go and arrest all these foreigners um, because he, he's afraid of being overthrown. So what was Larkin's kind of reaction to that? Well... It doesn't, there's not like a specific thing, but obviously, from what we can tell, he wanted peace, he wanted to buy it, right, California, Um, and I feel like him, you know, learning about this overthrow conspiracy thing, um, he would be angry because he obviously spends a lot of time trying to keep the peace. Um, and I feel like he would be angry at Isaac Graham, or Graham, mm-hmm. um, and would probably be insulting him a lot, oh, like yeah. in the back. But since he's got to be proper, he can't really say it. But I feel like in his mind, he would say how much of a imbecile he is and how ignorant, you know, Isaac is. And um, I feel like, because, you know, he wasn't arrested, right? He would have been confused because um, Dr. Marsh, right? Mm-hmm. He was also, he, even though he did, he was like one of the people that did everything to become an actual citizen in California. He was arrested. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously Larkin was not, mm-hmm. even though he was not like considered 
um, he was a foreigner and he didn't even do the citizen thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything. He didn't marry a Mexican California woman. He didn't go, I think, to church. That was one of the requirements to be a citizen. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, they very heavily on Catholicism mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. And then I forgot what other one they they had, like, as a... As a not a restriction, but um, as a requirement. A requirement, yeah. Yeah. To well, a- the fact that Larkin what worked for the United States government, I mean, if they had gone and arrested Larkin, it probably would have been considered very hostile thing to do. True. So uh, that's probably why Larkin wasn't part of that. Um, he was also very highly respected by. Um, some of his California friends, I think mm-hmm. Vallejo included. Um, so, do you, do you know much about the relationship he had with Vallejo? Was Vallejo married to, or was his was his brother's wife Vallejo's sister, or something like that? Was there like some kind of connection there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, funnily enough, um, Vallejo's sister. I don't. I don't think we have the name for her currently, mm-hmm. but. No. She got married to Captain John Cooper, which is obviously Larkin's brother, I think half-brother. Yeah, different name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like their relationship there. But over, I guess, the years, they kind of, since their family, right, I <laughs> guess, <laughs> um, they obviously kind of bonded. Right, and they they bonded specifically over California being part of the U.S. or the United States, mm-hmm. um, because Vallejo has been like trying to make California more secure and all that, and making how to say, um, making it I guess kind of like Mexico where it's all prosperous in a way and have more people there so no one else takes it because, you know, Larkin wanted it to be for the United States and then obviously there's gonna be others like Europe, Russia, I think, if I remember correctly. So all of Europe or specific countries? Um, I think Brit- the British. British. Okay. British, yeah. And the French, mm-hmm. those two. Um, referring to and then Russia did you know also wanted that um, at, at some point they all had yeah. some kind of stakes or something going on mm-hmm. in California kind of just going around the coast right yes doing different things trading and all that yeah. um, and it's it's funny because Vallejo I mean he was he was a Mexican citizen right or yeah. I mean he's a California but um, that he eventually, he did become part of the first California government that was run by the United States, even though he was a California and he was Mexican. So what what made him want, I mean, you didn't do your project on Vallejo, but what would make someone who is a Mexican citizen be like, you know what, I think the United States would be the, the right um, country to take over this this um, this area, this territory, this California. Well, looking at like even me like um, looking for uh, Larkin stuff, um, I did see some of Vallejo's like from my friends, mm-hmm. 
or the people working. Um, it was pretty obvious that Mexico really didn't care about mm -hmm. California <laughs> because when Vallejo, I don't remember specifically what he asked, but I think it was because a British or you, an American, went and were like, "Oh, we're gonna like take your your town." I think it was like a little town. Mm -hmm. um, and they made them raise the U.S. flag because I do remember that it had to deal with something like that because Larkin had to defuse the situation and explain to, um, I don't really remember his name on the top of my head, but... Was it the, um, was it Commodore Sloat? Yes. Was that his issue? I when think it was him. They went and they, they thought that America had declared war on Mexico, but they hadn't yet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was, was a whole comedy of errors that Larkin was responsible for diffusing. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, Vallejo was was there. And I think what you're talking about is after that whole debacle, mm -hmm. I think Vallejo had requested some, some soldiers yes. or some troops from Mexico. They needed more support because there was no one in Monterey there or Yerba really Buena, push. which is San Francisco now, yeah. to defend that. You know, they don't they didn't have that as many people as a Mexico. United States or a British for that matter, or even mm -hmm. Russia could bring on a ship. If they bring a whole ship of troops, they can take it very easily. So I think he asked for troops and I think he asked for some money. Mm -hmm. And Mexico City ended up sending him like the I think it was like of the barrel. Like it was, they weren't real soldiers. They, they sent them like not. some criminals that they didn't want, and it was only like two hundred of them or something. They didn't even have proper weapons or uniforms, mm -hmm. um, from what we've read and, and and what I've seen some of you guys find out. So at that point, yeah, Vallejo was like, you know what, Larkin. I mean. We're family here. Maybe, I mean, if it can't be Mexico, if Mexico's not going to invest in this territory, maybe it should be just be the United States because, you know, I'm already, I mean, I'm already related to you and you're, you know. You seem It's probably cool. better for, it's better for me that it's the United States mm -hmm. because I have an American connection than maybe the British or, you know, France was kind of around and then Russia was obviously running around. So... Yeah, lots of stuff going around. Yeah. Um, speaking of Russia, there's... I mean, Russia was a, had a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and another guy, another really important guy that we talk about a lot, and I, there's actually several students in the class researching this guy, John Sutter. There's a lot of information about him. Too. There's a ton of information about him. I mean, basically Sutter's Fort is was now Sacramento. It's our mm -hmm. California's capital. So... Lots of people interested in that. He ended up buying all this stuff when Russia backed out. Russia, this Russian company, was like, okay, we're done. They pretty much killed as many otters as they could kill, and they ran out of, of merchandise. Yeah, they, they, um, they, I think they killed, like, the entire population. I mean, I don't otters. see a lot of otters. I mean, there's some up north, but not... There's not, not much over here anymore. <laughs> not, not that many. I mean, it's, nope. it's definitely... Um, Man, if they had PETA back then, this would not be... All the skin, all the animal skins they were selling. I don't know what they did with otter skins. Really, I don't. I haven't... I really don't either. But it was a thing. Um, and But 
Russia was out. The, and Russia had all kinds of stuff. They had all kinds of weapons up there where they were in um, kind of the San Francisco area or north of it. And then Sutter's the one that ended up buying all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Larkin, even though Larkin had the money. I guess Larkin, it would have been a conflict of interest probably for him to buy that stuff, being that yeah. he was trying to be a peacemaker and yeah. not buy weapons and stuff. But Sutter buys all this stuff. So what's what's Larkin's reaction to, to that and seeing that, okay, Russia's pretty much out and this is shifting to Sutter. Sutter is not an American. He was from Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. Which, I mean, Switzerland doesn't have a presence anywhere. So, you know, here we go. Here's Sutter. He is Switzerland. He might be this party that... Whichever way Sutter goes, whether it's with Mexico or with the United States, it's going to turn the tide, right? He's got all yeah. these weapons now. So what's Larkin's take on that? Well, Larkin's take for... Because, uh, obviously, the Russia, it was a fur company. Like mm -hmm. a, you know, that that um, competition for otter skins is gone. So he's like kind of relieved of that, but he's also kind of bit panicked. Like, not really panicked, but like more worried because now Russia's gone. Um, you know, the ones interested now in California is the United States, the British, the British and uh, the French. So, you know, that, they're kind of big countries, maybe not France, mm -hmm. but well, you know, the France. France had a slight interest. But, yeah. But I think at this point, you know, there was much more presence from Britain and the United States. Yeah. Yeah, like those, those two more, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're gonna fight. It's gonna be like, you know, <laughs> a lot, you know very bad. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like his reaction to sort of buying it. Um, is like a positive one because he's like, oh, he's a smart man because before Russia actually left, they offered it to Mexico and Mexico said no. And then so they uh, he offered it to Vallejo, if I remember correctly. Um, and did Vallejo try to convince Mexico? I think he did. Because mm -hmm. he would think, oh, this is what Vallejo has been asking for, some of these weapons and stuff, you know. Maybe he couldn't buy it himself. Yeah, no, obviously he couldn't buy it himself. He was like, they didn't even send him money. They just sent him, like, criminals they didn't want. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he, Russia offered it to Mexico. They said no. So then he offered it to Vallejo, but obviously he refused as well. And then he offered it to Hudson Bay, which is, uh, the British, hmm. um, and they said no. Mm. And so the one who stepped up, right, because they can't just, Russia can't just leave these without selling them, like making a more profit for their, you know, country. Mm -hmm. The one who stepped up to the plate was Sutter. Yeah. And so Sutter bought it, and obviously it made him the most influential person in California because he had, like, um, like 1,700 oxen, cows, and calves with uh, 1,940 uh, horses and mules, 200 sheep, and then, you know, the cannons, the boats, the plows, the, you know, the harnesses, the brittles, and the, the carts. Yeah. Like, that was a lot of, like, that was basically what Vallejo wanted, 
Mexico said no. So and really, who can't buy it? Because he's you know one. Wanna, yeah, he just doesn't have the supplies for it. He's not rich, and Sutter. No. Well, I'd say Sutter uh, wasn't necessarily rich, but he had borrowed a lot of money from Larkin and others. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he had a lot of resources and. He had the manpower too. He had a lot of Indians mm-hmm. down there at Sutter's Fort helping him out. Yeah, and he, did, he also yeah. did a smart thing by buying it as mortgage, like where you pay like, I guess a month, like what you oh, do yeah, now. Oh yeah, he did. He's like, paying payments on it. Yeah. yeah, he has payments on it too. Like I think he would buy it every month, like, like if it was like the end of uh, I don't know February, mm-hmm. and they would he would pay them at the end of February, and then the next month march he would like gather up more money and then pay it like he would do he would do it in payments all right like so like most of us do now when we buy a house we make yeah. payments on it i mean or like anything in general yeah it wasn't as common back then i think people mm-hmm. just traded things or they bought it outright because mm-hmm. you never knew when you see people again but yeah sutter was pretty um economical in that way of convincing people to you know basically loan him the stuff while he's paying it back so he built up his whole thing that way and now Larkin sees Sutter has all this stuff and I think was Larkin friends with Sutter? Yeah he yeah. was obviously because you know as you stated Sutter got money from Larkin Yeah, and it was probably because there's a description of uh, Sutter how he was a charming and disarming or something like that oh interesting yeah. Like I guess he had a lot of charisma he was a really nice guy like um I do remember the book we read. We were like, mm-hmm. I think it was the first chapter, second. I remember when Sutter was introduced and how he met the Indians, even though they were going to kill him. He, he was like, oh, very nice. And <laughs> oh, they're like, wow, we like this guy. Yeah. And they ended up like half of them end up living over at Sutter's Fort. It's really, mm-hmm. it's funny. Sutter like makes friends with everybody, like, like you mentioned. And you know, so Larkin sees that Sutter has this power now. And Lorca's probably thinking in his mind, well, whoever has power over Sutter is going to have the real um, power. So maybe Larkin's yeah. thinking because you've loaned him so much money, um, yeah. even though Larkin couldn't buy things for himself because it would have been a conflict of interest. Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe he's thinking, well, Sutter, that's a good person. Like, I could probably convince him to fight for the United States. Mm-hmm. If it came to that, I don't want it to fight, but, you know, it's probably good that it's there rather than... And for instance, the Hudson Bay Company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because obviously, the the U.S. and the and the Britain Britain uh, Kingdom were. That's a worst yeah. case scenario, yeah. right? The, the revolution isn't that far away. You know, it ha- it was not that far. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long before that. I mean, seventeen seventy six. Yeah, it yeah. hasn't even been. It hasn't even been a hundred years, and there's still yeah, there's still a lot of tension there. Yeah. So, he does not want. Britain to come in and they almost did by the way you know it was really close they their ship came in like right after the United States ended up capturing California and Britain had to turn around because they saw the flag so it could have been a very different different situation um very good um and you talked a lot about Larkin keeping the peace um as the War's kind of unfolding, okay, he's, things are going on, it's pretty clear, uh, despite Larkin's best efforts, that, mm-hmm. no, it's, America's not just going to buy inevitable. it. The war, 
was going to happen. Mexico wasn't just going to sell it. Um, no. So in the midst of all this, Larkin somehow becomes this double agent. So tell me a little bit about about how that works and how he had to have this dual role, I guess, trying to appease everybody on both sides, you know, and trying to keep the war, I guess the bloodshed to a minimum. Um, yeah. Even though it's going to happen, try to keep it low. Mm-hmm. So I think they told him, and I think it was by the Secretary of State at the time was James uh, Butch Hen- Kenden. I don't oh, really know how to pronounce it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit odd. But I think um, they were writing letters, and then James. I'm gonna just call him James. Okay. Um, James was like, "You're a double agent now, because we need information." Because I think when he became a double agent, I think the um, the old scuffle with uh, the no no land that they didn't know who belonged to for Texas. Oh, the no man's land situation. Yeah. So the scuffle that prompted our president uh, Polk to declare war mm-hmm. was had nothing to do with California. <laughs> no. It was essentially this this disputed territory that that. Uh, the United States thought belonged to them because they had got Texas annexed into the United States. Mm-hmm. And then Mexico thought no. And it was this kind of this little area between um, rivers. I can't even remember the name of them yeah, at this I time. Don't either. <laughs> you know, but there were a couple, you know, there's the border that's there now, which is what the Americans thought it was. And then there's, okay, it's the Rio Grande. It was like, was it this side or that side of the Rio Grande? Um, river and there was a debate there so there's this little area where this this fight broke out and some people got killed it but it doesn't even sound like that many because polk doesn't even mention in his declaration of war how many so maybe just one or two um and polk makes it sound like you know the americans we went down there to try to negotiate with with the mexican representatives um, and then that the Mexican representatives shot them. But as we've discussed in class, we don't really know the other side of the story. We don't. Um, so much. I mean, it sounds like it wasn't actually just one representative, American representative. It sounds like a whole army was sent down there. And if you're Mexico and you think this is your land and a whole army's coming at you, well, you might try to defend your land. So probably some sort of miscommunication, I would say. Um, about this territory, and that sparked this whole declaration of war. So Larkin finds out about that, Mm -hmm. and uh, you can continue now. (laughs) No, it's fine. No, but he finds about it, obviously, finds about it, he learns about the war, and then, Mm -hmm. in his mind, this war is horrible, because all he's tried, down the drain. Yeah. All the, tr- all the peaceful things down the drain. And so now he's a double agent. He has to work for America, even though he's already been working for America, but also kind of keep, like you said, the pieces, the bloodshed. But down. now he's kind of, instead of just representing America's interest, now that they're at war, he's kind of Trying to get feeding more, them, yeah. I guess feeding this guy some insider information about mm-hmm. his California friends and, and delegates 
Yes, and obviously this was a bit like heart, not heartbreaking, but a little hard for him because Vallejo is Mexican, even though he knows that Vallejo wants California to be part of. Well, he wants what's best, and I think Larkin and Vallejo both agree they want what's best for California Mm -hmm. and the people that are here in California at this time, and. Vallejo doesn't think that's Mexico anymore, and Larkin has always thought it was the United States. Um, so they're coming from that that sort of agreement, and Vallejo can probably see that. But then there's a bunch of other people, obviously that Larkin is, you know, sort of friends with, or at least cordial with, that definitely do not want the United States to to take over. So. Yeah. Yeah, but um, as his role of the double agent, um, he's got to meet, you know, he's got to have meetings, you know, to give information. Mm-hmm. And he had a meeting with Captain Fremont, which is probably some, someone everyone knows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very, very interesting guy, mm-hmm. Fremont. John C. Fremont. A lot of schools and places named after him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a He's the name that's synonymous with the Mexican-American War because he was the chief kind of army guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he had to have a he had to have like a, a meeting with him, and so they did. Um, but I'm not sure how, but uh, Colonel Alvarado and a dude named uh, Manuel Castro found out about this. And so, you know, I think they confronted Fremont about it, and so Fremont was like, oh, I'm just, like, had to make up a lie, like, oh, I was just visiting, I'm going Oregon, I think he said he was going to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Fremont's like, yeah, you know. He was trying to be all subtle about it, but everyone's like, no. Why are you here? He's like, oh, I only have eight men with me, we're just traveling. We came here to rest. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. made up a lie. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, Fremont, see, he was like, it was weird because he was kind of hired to originally, I mean, he worked for the military, but he was mm-hmm. originally hired to kind of scope out the land and map it out. He was. Uh, like a geographer. So that was kind of his excuse for everything. You know, no, I'm just going around and, you know. Making my maps, exactly. <laughs> you know, finding out the best places for the army to hide and ambush you. <laughs> Just yeah. say that part, you know. And I know that um, Fremont was kind of like Sutter, like he was charming, I mm-hmm. guess. As that's what they use. I don't know what kind of charming they use it, but I'm whatever. Likable. Yeah, I, I think of like likable, maybe like charismatic, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think this is written in the book that I read. Fremont uses that a lot to get him out of situations. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was very, like, it was a miracle that that actually worked for him with Alvarado (laughs) and Castro being very suspicious. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they left. and when they left, there was this man, I don't remember his name, um, but it was like a messenger that went to 
Larkin because he thought that they were still there. Because mm. that's when um, uh, President Pope sent a letter with him, the, mm. the mailman, I guess, <laughs> the mailman. Yeah. And mail in this time got intercepted a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, to declare, like, oh, hey, this, this war is on, so, you know, attack, right? So this mailman was, like, going almost all over the place until he came to Larkin <laughs> to, you know, how to say it, give the... He was a dis. He was a dispatcher. I yes. Guess. Yeah. He was a dispatcher. Not necessarily a mailman, but like. Well, a I say I say messenger. Mailman. Yeah, but you you imagine like the Pony Express back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's still going on. I mean, it's, it's basically still, that. Yeah. And then Larkin's like, oh, he left, right? And then he goes. Lark, uh, Fremont receives a message, and Larkin also. Then I think Larkin's like, well, now I have to pick a side. Right mm-hmm. when he when the messenger tells him what, so he's like, "Oh well, I guess through and through, America, <laughs> America." Yep. And that leads to to some issues, and yes, there as war breaks out, there is a point I think that you read about recently where Larkin was actually taken hostage. Right? Was there a yes, hostage situation? There was. And, but before he was taken hostage, um, when he received the, the message, right, it was, a, it was a different letter from, by another guy that was, uh, his name was Lieutenant G- Gillespie? Gillespie? Oh, Gillespie. Gillespie. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, he, the, the Californios down in L.A. did not like him. No. Right. No, he no. was, yeah, they did not like him. He, no. He made no. things worse. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, he he gave him a letter that was sent by the Secretary of State, James. James, yeah. And he was like, oh, um, you know, we're going to take California, right? Basically kind of summarizing it up. And Larkin being overjoyed about this, right? But, you know... Like he's like, oh, he's by by the idea of California as being part of America. Mm-hmm. He goes to tell uh, Vallejo because Vallejo also, you know, wants that the same because it seems like the only option they have now. Seems the best option. For, yeah, and for then, him in yeah. California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess I didn't do much research on it, but I can tell that they were really happy about it because. Um, I think it was like in the beginning a bit of the war, uh, Vallejo gets captured, right? oh, yeah. and Larkin, uh, on his behalf of uh, Vallejo, says that he just has to sign <laughs> here and here, basically, and mm-hmm. just answer like questions. And they treated him really nice, uh, Vallejo, because he was obviously he wanted he wanted California, yeah. United States. And he's really a prominent guy, mm-hmm. and he was. Yeah, but he was when they were first taking over. Yeah, he was he was captured. It was kind of it was somewhat diplomatic. Yes. Um, exactly. Or he or at least Vallejo tried to make it diplomatic. Yeah. And he went over. They they brought him to Sutter's Fort. They did. And um, but they the conditions. Nice. Yeah, the conditions were pretty nice. And then Fremont showed up and kind of ruined that a little bit. So for yeah. a few days, you know, Vallejo was in some. I don't know yucky area but then Larkin kind of got him out 
Yeah, Larkin. Obviously, yeah. Larkin got him out. Yeah, he's like, wait, wait, wait. This is Vallejo, man. This is my brother-in-law. You can't do this now. Yes. <laughs> or well, I'm not sure if you would call him brother-in-law because he's the brother-in-law of Captain Cooper. Well, and eh, something. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the word for that, but yeah. Whatever my distant relative. Or yeah. He's part of my, my family now. He's like. But like he was part of his family. His now. sister is my sister-in-law, so yeah. Basically, we're family. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my brother married his sister. Yeah. And now we're family. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty pretty funny too because I don't remember who found out. It wasn't. Um, I think Gillespie. Gillespie? Gillespie. Uh, however you say that. Gil- I yeah. think I could say it Gillespie. Yeah, he... Uh, Sounds Italian. He does. <laughs> um, uh, Larkin wrote, like, a little letter. Um, I think it was, it was like, a, just a letter um, to let Gillespie, like, buy. Um, and he kind of was like, oh, this man is kind of ill. He's over here traveling for his health. Oh, yeah. And he, he he also told them to provide him with boats, horses, and people, which is totally oh. not suspicious. Oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> here's this guy. He just, yeah, it so happens that he normally works for the, the U.S. Army, but um, he's just here because, you know, he needs some R&R. He, uh, you know, California was known as a, a place with good weather, mm-hmm. uh, so all those sick people from the East Coast that couldn't take the rain anymore, you know, come to California and get better. You know, he was just sick. Um, he's he's a younger guy mm-hmm. in the prime health, you prime know, <laughs> and he's life. sick. Here, here's a letter for you, and go tell everyone you're sick. And by the way, this sick guy needs all these horses and all this equipment. Like, this is not subtle yeah, at all whatsoever. It, it wasn't, but I think they did it. I think I think they did get yeah. the boat. <laughs> I think they did. I, think, I guess they just trusted Larkin, or they're just like, yeah, you know. I guess. Maybe they were okay with, maybe they were like Vallejo, and they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I do know the one that found out and was like, this man is not sick with Sutter. Sutter was the one that found out because apparently Sutter probably wasn't the only one, but Sutter did not keep his mouth shut. No, <laughs> but I do know that Sutter like found him in a list of like generals or lieutenants or something. Mm-hmm. And obviously Gillespie's name is on it because mm-hmm. you know he was in charge. Yeah. And Sutter did not trust him, but still helped him out, which says a, a little says bit. volumes. Like, I know who you are. I'm going to help you anyway. You know, so. It's like, just so you know, you're not fooling You're not fooling me. I don't think Sutter liked the idea of being fooled, so I think he just kind of wanted him to know. Yeah. Like, I know what you're up to. I'm going to help you anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all this happens, and I think Larkin, I think this is a little bit before Larkin got captured. Uh, Mm -hmm. Larkin went to Stockton to have a meeting with Fremont, now going to Fremont, so Fremont going to him, mm-hmm. um, and there was like this gen- this major battle with 
uh, General Castro's troops. Mm -hmm. And since, you know, he's been living there for a while, he kind of knows them and tries to have a peaceful negotiation with the the Mexican officers, the California officers, to avoid, to help them avoid humiliation and, you know, be part of this, you know, the uh, American side. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of almost succeeds until <laughs> this one general, I don't remember the general's name, or I don't even think it it was written, unless it was Castro, <laughs> if I remember correctly. He wrote a uh, uh, wishing then with the governor to avoid all disasters uh, that follow a war like which your lordship prepares it appears convenient to under design um, to send your lordship a commission to know the wishes of your lordship so you know that didn't work because mm -hmm. he's uh, this general sent a letter to Commodore Stockton, mm. even though, you know, he did not write it, and I think they did not have a peaceful negotiation. No. And then I think that's how Larkin got captured. Yeah. And there was a lot going on mm -hmm. at this point in L.A. A lot. You know, <laughs> this all hell broke loose mm -hmm. um, with Gillespie down there. Um, and the, I mean, at first, the... Um, the Californians down there were a little bit compliant, but then Castro's troops, they, they rose up against Gillespie. And then after that, these, from what I understand, all these little little skirmishes kind of broke out all over the place. Um, and Larkin just was traveling to see his sick daughter, right? And mm -hmm. was caught up in, in one of those skirmishes and ended up being captured. And, he did. Yeah. Eventually released, but not in time to see his daughter before she passed. It was really sad. It was. Um, but that's that's like kind of the the spoils of war. But eventually, Larkin gets back on top, you know, because the United States wins. And, yeah. Uh, he's still there. Um, I don't know. His title might have changed. I don't know if you've got that far, but no. <laughs> but he is still definitely part of California. He lives in California for several more years. Until he dies. Um, yeah, he goes back east for a little while for his mm -hmm. kids to go to, I guess, to college there. Yeah. Get their schooling so, there. And then yeah. he comes back and he does die here in California. So, pretty influential guy. I know he did some other stuff. He, mm -hmm. I think he built a hospital, the first hospital here? Yes, he Things did. Things like that. He did build the first hospital. I'm not sure about the doctors because the doctors here were like, um, you know, Marsh. Dr. Marsh, not really a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and I do know that. I know reading a little bit will confuse... It, it confused me a little bit, but I did get that. Larkin did make the hospital because there was too many sick uh, Americans because they would come from sea. And obviously, mm -hmm. back in the day, traveling by sea was pretty long. And it still kind of is, but, you know, now we have planes. Oh, yeah. So well, was, even cruise ships will go mm -hmm. way faster, but... No, it was months, and they would get a lot of diseases on the boat or scurvy because they didn't have um, the right foods no, to eat. No, they stuff, did not. So, so you know, the, he, uh, I know Larkin, at first, before he built the hospital, he would take these sick men to his house and try to treat them there. And so, obviously, 
you know, he got it got to fool his house, even though yeah, there's all these sick people in my mansion. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, he built the he built the hospital, and so he got these doctors per se, and you know that was the very first hospital in California. Yeah, it's really it's pretty good. Really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's like that's probably most of the information. But there is one little tidbit. There was a rumor going around. I I remember you were, this is just funny. This is just funny. You were talking to some people around campus, telling them what you're doing because, hey, you're excited about it and that's awesome and that's what we want in this class. Um, But you you heard this rumor about Larkin's wife. So tell Mm -hmm. me, tell me a little bit about this story that you heard and what you found out to actually be true. Um, so I was going around campus, right? Um, and the reason why I like told anyone in the first place is because they would ask me what I do in my free time, and I would be like, "Oh, I research this book I'm making," and they're like, "You're making a book?" Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm, ma- I'm making a book," and they're like, "For class, right?" And I'm like, "Pretty obvious, yes." <laughs> They'd yeah. be like, "Oh, what's the book about?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a stark literacy." Um, I'm writing about this guy named Thomas O'Larkin, and I kind of go into detail, like, you know, what I said. Yeah, so everything you um, just shared, well, maybe kinda. a little shorter, trying to give him a, a summary. Yeah. yeah, a little summary. Um, it wasn't it wasn't as advanced right now, but I, w- I know, what I did know back in the past was, you know, his name was Larkin, he was pretty rich, he traveled from California on boat, his wife, his two-story house, and then how he got rich, and that's all I knew back in the time. Like yeah, the back when you first started, it's like, yes. man, I'm research. You chose to research him because, because he reminded me of Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs <laughs> from SpongeBob. Yeah. yeah, or like, I don't know. He just he's the first millionaire in California, yeah, so that's you know that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, there's a security guard. I won't put him in blast. But he knows who he is. Uh, he told me, he's like, oh, hey, isn't that the guy who was only racist because of his wife? And I'm like, what do you mean? Because I was confused, right? This is like, I've never heard, I kind of never heard of this, Thomas, so I never heard of Larkin before, mm-hmm. right? I'm doing, I'm barely doing my research. I'm like, my very first steps, and I hear this gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, yeah, uh, the, the security guard said, yeah, um, apparently Larkin's wife, um, he, uh, she found this uh, Mexican guy or California guy um, and came and, you know, came to like him and then had an married, affair. Had an, oh, he oh. had an affair, quote unquote, per se. She, she left Larkin for California. Yes. Yeah. that's the rumor that's the rumor yeah and (laughs) i was like what so i bought it up right you're looking it up you're researching it and you found that his wife who was named rachel yes her name was rachel um she she never did that (laughs) never happened no no she stayed loyal even after i guess loyal she she still stayed a widow, I should say, more instead of loyal. Well, <laughs> she was she was with him until he died. <laughs> yeah, and okay. then 
she stayed uh, single, I guess, she until did. she died. So she, she never remarried. She, no, she did not. She never remarried. So whether or not she ever, I don't know, dated a California, we don't really know. She never remarried anybody, California, American, or otherwise. And I mean, um, I should have known it was a lie, too, because who would kind of <laughs> give up this expensive, this millionaire man? <laughs> well, you know, you give up a lot of things for love, right? Uh, yeah, you never, a lot you of know. people wouldn't, but... <laughs> there's you know there's true love it could be a, it would be an interesting movie but mm-hmm. yeah it didn't happen but no, it, it did not it's good to um to put that rumor to, to rest yes well now you know now now you all you listeners that made it this far you know you know everything about thomas O'Larkin now and you're like i didn't know who this guy was before this podcast but now i have a, a his whole life history idea. yes his life history so yes. Is there anything you want to add before we sign off? Um, no, not really. I mean, Larkin, if you want to remember Larkin, just remember he's a bit of a racist Mr. Krabs. A bit of a racist Mr. Krabs. Yeah. A very rich... Was Mr. Krabs rich? Sorry, I'm not familiar. (laughs) Um, Yes, in a way. He was rich. He, like, there's a, you know scenes of where he would smell a literal penny so yeah he yeah. mr krabs was rich okay but i mean and you're saying larkin was racist but he he was friends with some some mexicans though so yeah he was yeah, but so. you know he was, he was he still had that like the the stereotype i guess he was very gung-ho yeah. american um all the way yes yeah so that's why that's why I say it like that. But yeah, he was. Better. So he was okay. But yeah. he still wanted to be a peacemaker. He still, he still wanted, wanted to keep to the. He didn't want to go out and kill them. You no. know, like he he just wanted to peacefully buy everything from them. Yes, yeah. because war is expensive. Yes, yes. That's going back to that Mr. Krabs thing. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's thank it. you guys for tuning into this podcast, and hopefully we get some. Some more coming at you your way as more students share all the great research that they have done this year in historical literacy. Um, thank you again, Brianna, for sharing all that information. And thank you for listening to the Madeira Method podcast. <laughs>